All right. Hello, listeners. Welcome to episode 37 of the Geek Garage podcast. I'm your host, David Dassall, like always. And with me today is my good friend, Ian DePriest. How are you, Ian? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. I'm so excited you're here. I'm so excited for today's topic, which is the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Um, it is our very first comic book episode or graphic novel episode. I, I, I don't... It, do you think the Umbrella Academy is technically considered a graphic novel or a comic book? I, or, I mean, I, it was released in issues, so I, I don't know if that... I think it's a comic book. I mean, I don't take my word on this because I really don't know the like true definition sure. between the two. Um, but you could always just Google it, ask Webster's Dictionary, right? according to, and, and see for yourself. But I I view it as a comic book because I think it's like a series. A graphic novel, I think more of like Watchmen. Watchmen. It's yeah, like because, a one and done. Right, like, yeah. Almost equated to like a limited series, yeah. like an HBO thing. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Which uh, I, I said that in, in no way relation to the HBO I mean, uh, Watchmen that's going on now. For no particular reason. Anyways, God, we're segueing already uh, uh, in tangents. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, like I said, it's uh, I'm, I'm very excited that one, that I finally get to have you on. Yeah, thank and you. And two, that we're finally doing a comic book episode. I feel a tiny bit ashamed that here we are at episode 37 and I have yet to do a comic book episode. But as I've said several times in the podcast before that I didn't really grow up with comic books. I was more of like video games and movies and stuff. So comic books were really ingrained in my upbringing, but I have just recently started to check them out and, and start mm-hmm. reading them. And they have really taken hold. Like I know we, you know, we basically like, you know, we talk every day cause we work together. Yeah. And so like, it, it seems like every day we're, we're talking about, you know, comic books. Something, uh, some yeah. story. Right. Something. Uh, whether it's, you know, what I'm reading, what you're reading, me getting more suggestions from you, because obviously you have been reading comic books for a lot longer than I have. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's been a very interesting ride the last uh, year or so, kind of like <laughs> easing my way into it. But anyways, um, let's... Uh, so when we picked the Umbrella Academy, it was kind of random... And there's a, has been a few developments in between us deciding on the Umbrella Academy and today recording yeah. a few things that have happened that have kind of made it a happy accident and a little bit more uh, relevant yeah. to, to put out. Like when we first picked the Umbrella Academy, we were we wanted to do a comic book episode and uh, we finally ended up on this because it was something that you had read mm-hmm. and you also watched the Netflix series and I only watched the Netflix series mm-hmm. but I had wanted to check out the graphic novels or comic yeah. books and so that gave me the opportunity to read them finally and but it still kind of left us with like yeah it's it's not really like in season not, it's not something <laughs> that like I they came out like 10 years ago yeah uh, yeah but then the uh, you had the the idea or um, you, you thought that volume three or the issues for volume three had started coming out and, yeah. it, and it turns out that volume three was just released in yeah. September, I believe. Yeah. And so we were like, 
cool. Like that's a, a happy accident that that happens that makes this episode a little bit more relevant. Yeah. To, uh, to to releasing it right now. Yeah, I I was really excited about it. I remember because I remember they were making a show on Netflix of the series and I was very excited to watch it and then I remember finishing it and I was like well now that the show is over I, I know they still have a little bit more um, story they, they can use but I want to know like what happens because I've been waiting for a volume 3 since high school right? and I am past that I am like in my mid 20s you know living up my adult life with responsibility right, and it's like waiting patiently i've been waiting so patiently and yeah. it i was like and i looked it up on amazon and it was like oh it's coming out sometime this year and i was like oh maybe maybe it will and then i kind of forgot about it and then you found it on amazon and i was just like okay well we need to read this now yeah yeah so. and so like i i bought it that day uh and i read it the night that i received it in the mail yeah. and and spoilers. We're going to be talking about spoilers. Thank you for that. So, I, I try and drop a spoiler warning if, in every episode where we're talking about content. Yeah. So yes, spoilers for both the comic book and the show because we will... So the the uh, the emphasis will be on the, the comic books Yeah. because we want to make this a comic book episode, but we will be bringing up the show in the last third of the episode because we we just wanted like we both really enjoyed the show mm-hmm. and thought that it's um, not in large part but in in several aspects it improved upon the comic books yeah so we just felt it was um, worth you know kind of doing a little bit of compare and con- contrasting yeah so so yeah but the uh the the final happy accident of this kind of being a more contemporary topic to talk about was my chem getting back together <laughs> uh, so uh, the we are currently recording this um saturday uh, the uh, november the 2nd and so it was thursday i believe that my chem made the announcement on so. uh, the internets yeah. that they are getting back together and congratulations the, yeah for them yes yeah they uh joe jonas was not wrong all along uh, <laughs> do you remember that like, no i don't several months ago he he like i think he was on either a talk show or something and he talked about how he was in the recording studio and my chemical romance was recording in the next like room over studio over <laughs> yeah and they uh they thought a lot of people thought that he was just full of shit and i think even <laughs> one or two of the uh members from the bands came out and said no that's that's inaccurate yeah uh, but you know they were just trying to keep a rap on it because apparently they uh, the band has been quote-unquote back together for like the better part of a year now yeah and has been either recording or practicing because they have a show this month or, or maybe i think it's in december actually. i don't know uh sure. it, it's it before the end of the year let's cool. say that um and it, of course it sold out immediately uh, mm-hmm. i have several friends that are obsessed with the bands and they try to get tickets and uh, are shit out of luck <laughs> because they were super expensive but they also i mean you know it's a band that's been broken up for not a long time but uh, since a while yeah like 2011 2012 something yeah. like that and and yeah so them getting back together was something that most fans held out hope for but did not expect yeah it to happen so when it happened 
obviously everyone went ape shit. Um, <laughs> I personally am excited. Uh, I, you know, I, I, we were talking a little bit before we hit record that I like the band. I'm not obsessed like yeah. some people, but I, di- I did enjoy most of their albums. Yeah, um, I, I am not like a super fan uh, of theirs. I was around. I mean, obviously I'm around. I'm still living. Um, what? I was. I yeah. You're, you're not like. You're I not phased like, in and out of life. Right. It just really depends on my mood. Um, <laughs> but I was. I listened more to Fall Out Boy. I don't know if I'm I, like what the deal was in my life, but I was just like, oh yeah, My Chemical Romance is cool, I guess. And they were there, and I, I knew their hits, and that was my extent. Of the knowledge, I of feel like My Chem and Fallout Boy are well. I mean, it's it's all alt rock of like the early yeah. To, it's a, to just whether you want Coke or Pepsi, really, right? Like, but then like Fallout Boy was a little bit more light mm-hmm. than um, than My Chem. Uh, My Chem was definitely yeah, more like vanilla Coke. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I don't know. Like uh, My Chem was definitely a little bit more like. Uh, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah. Why are you trying to equate these bands to I made drinks? I made an analogy and I'm sticking to it. All right. Um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, uh, like I said, those were all kind of happy accidents with us um, recording this, like... Not not we're not trying to say like oh we decided to record this episode back before it was cool. Um, but, I yeah. I mean, it's... originally when we decided on talking about the umbrella academy like none of this had had happened none of like, this had happened and we, and just... we didn't know that volume three was out yet yeah uh, so so we yeah. just wanted to have a fun time okay guys <laughs> just like love it right like so, yeah and so we we just wanted to put that out as a, a little precursor knowledge for y'all uh not like it's super important but you know whatever it's, now you know yeah now, now you, now you have know. seen and knowledge knowledge is power behind the curtain right we are just men right but you know continue to ignore the man behind the yes i am from kansas so i get to say right that. yeah was it was it the yellow curtain or was it just the curtain i think it was just the curtain okay pretty sure it was just the curtain right and the brick road was yellow the brick road was yellow according to elton john as well yes he he said that as he well. he said that he wrote a song about Goodbye, it brick road. nailed it uh <laughs> i i cannot one-up sir elton john even, not many can truly even on my on my best day yeah uh which yeah it's uh, okay you have many other talents. Right, yes, I do. Podcasting is not one of them. I do this <laughs> mediocrely, uh, if mediocre. This is great. Word, but, this is a fun uh, time. Yes, so. and we're only on like minute 12, so... Let's go. Right. Uh, you want to dive into the meat of the... I the, do love meat. Right. Well, I am also a fan of meat, um, so let's, let's get cooking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so we initially decided to talk about, uh, uh, like I said, the... Um, the comic books before we dive into you know the Netflix show and before we dis- uh, realized that there was a volume three we we're just going to do one and two but then we roped three into that yeah so is there any is there anything that you want to talk about first uh, he- is there like initial thoughts that you'd like to kind of get out there initial thoughts um the very first thought that I have personally is just like, who's your favorite character? I feel like a lot of people like to talk about their favorite characters in like comic books or just in general. Right, makes sense. Uh, in any TV show. I um, mean, it's, you know, a, 
one of the driving forces behind a, yeah. a piece of artwork. I I have always loved um, Allison in in Umbrella Academy. She she's my favorite um, for a few reasons. Uh, one, her powers are freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I. I love how ridiculous um, her power is. Literally, she can just make shit up and it becomes reality. As right. long as she says, like, I heard a rumor. Or even she unconsciously lies and then somehow manifests hmm. it into a reality yeah. without her knowing. And um, I love that a good um, redemption arc. I like that when we first see her character, she's like... I've done kind of some terrible things in my life and I'm not very proud of them and I'm trying to be a better person so I'm not going to use my powers anymore because I've seen how bad they can be and how selfish I was and blah 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 and I love a good strong female character redemption arc person right I I thought that worked really well with it picking back up in volume two with her like basically taking care of Anya Mm -hmm. Uh, I I thought that was really sweet and obviously we don't know what's what's going to happen in the show uh, and obviously we're not there yet in, yeah. in the episode but yeah we uh, I did I, I thought that was kind of sweet in in uh, where it picks up in volume 2 yeah and I and I feel one more thing like for her I feel like her character may possibly have the most like I don't know internal conflict in some sort of way sometimes like a lot of the other the the other characters like um, uh, I think was it Arthur is number one. I can't remember. So they have so many names. They have code names and they have yeah. Uh, name it's names. the most confusing in the graphic novel or comic book because uh, they have like three names. They like literally have three it's names. The number. Uh, it's ha- their like character name and then their actual their name. code. Yeah. So, yeah. So number one is number one space or space boy. Yeah. Uh, and his but his human Christian name is yeah. Luther. Luther. Okay, I was yes. close. Luther or Arthur. It was Luther. right. It's one of those old school names. And then number two um, is the Kraken. Is the Kraken uh, Diego. Diego? Yeah. And then number three, three is, is the rumor, rumor or Allison, Allison, who's my favorite. Right. Four seance, who is Klaus. Right. Five, which is five, the, doesn't get crazy names. He's just right, number five. Right. He's just number five. We don't know his other uh, names. The, his nemeses refer to him as "Where's the boy? Yeah. We're looking for the boy. Give us the boy." Uh, but yeah, he's mostly just known as number five. Yeah. And then six, uh, the deceased is uh, the horror. Poor Ben. Ben, yes. Sorry. Uh, the Asian. <laughs> um, well, I guess we well, really don't know his nationality. And in the comics the is kind of like covered up. He has like right. a mask on. He's also dead and not in it for the most part. Yeah. Um, Nationalities don't really take precedence in the comics. No, comic which we will get into why. Um, later, I guess. Or we can do it right now. Uh, uh, we, I mean... Yeah, let's let's earmark that for later when we get into okay. comparing more to the the show because I you definitely have more info on that than I do. Sure, I don't know. Uh, so so yeah, and, and then of course number seven, who is Vanya, or also the the white violin. The white violin. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. Um, but yeah, I just love her her character just because Allison, the rumor number three. Um, Break of Chains, uh, not really. <laughs> Mother, Mother of Dragons. <laughs> Mother of Dragons, uh, Breaker of Voices. Um, she, she, I feel like has a lot of internal things of an internal battle of like what she's done, trying to make up for the mistakes, and also how to move forward with it, and the 
she really has to be careful with the choices that she makes because her words are so powerful right. that if she says the wrong thing, it goes haywire or if she chooses to do something. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, there's this kind of like sinister, darker side of her that she kind of like dabbles in a little bit here and there. Like sure. she'll let slip because she can. Um, and so that's why I like her, I think, the most because uh, Luther is very like straight, um, clean cut boy by the rules, by the book. Mm hmm. Diego is just like mad all the time. Right. He he's very angsty. Yeah, Diego's just like I'm a sad pirate boy. Um Yeah, angry. he tries to come off as like a a badass and and I mean he is, he is. but he's he's very just angsty and and mad all the time. Yeah. And then um you have uh uh who's number 4 again? Uh, number four. Was, I lose track of these uh, numbers. That's, the, uh, that's seance. seance so the, seance, Klaus. Klaus. He's kind of very just eclectic. He's just like I'm on drugs. Right. I'm like I'm a crazy person that's on drugs, and I I'm like promiscuous and I'm edgy and look at my pale skin and gothicness. I talk to ghosts. Anti cool. Um, and yeah. then number five is just like I'm a hardened criminal. <laughs> <laughs> right. I I am like a ninety year old hardened. Uh, assassin, assassin dude. trapped in like a 10 year old body yeah which is slightly amusing actually and then Vanya is just like I'm sad and depressed um, yes with the the most uh, un um, uh, undeveloped storyline yeah or character arc. yeah which we'll get into later but I think not to for right demean, now yeah for right now yes not to demean the other characters I just for me for some reason just really love Allison no, I, um, I get it because of that like internal pull and push uh, that she has within herself and I'm sure I mean all the other characters do too at some point to have that but for the most part when they first introduce it's very much like this is who I am these are my core beliefs and I'm like this this is the tone I set sure. whereas Allison is like here I am. I'm a little bit complicated. I'm trying to just deal with life and be an adult. And like, can we just like get along, please? Mm-hmm. Or like, can we get this together? And I just relate to that uh, a lot. Um, but anyways, we can start at the beginning and like summarize kind of what Umbrella Academy is. If people don't know. Sure. I don't know. If people know. I mean, uh, sure. Uh, or I don't know. You take over. It is your podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, like. <laughs> This is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on and have you on for this topic was because, like, I just started reading, like, two weeks ago, and you have been reading these I mean, since they've been out. For, yeah, but... Uh, for the most part. I've, I've read them, and I've reread them, and I and I love them. Um, but Umbrella Academy, for those who do not know, it's a comic book series in three volumes. Um, and the world is kind of crazy. The world is this like whimsical, not whimsical is not the right word. Fantastical maybe? Yeah, I, th- I think fantastical um, is the right word. Like alternate reality to Earth because you have like sentient monkeys, intelligent monkeys right. walking around talking and having jobs. Um, you have uh, like kids with superpowers. It just opens, it starts out literally with a giant squid wrestling with a, a man right. in like a WWE style format. Yeah. And that's like the TV show that people were watching. Like, and then it opens into, oh, there's an alien person that's disguised as a human that 
uh, is a genius level scientist apparently and has a weird monocle that can see through everything (laughs) right and tell the truth of what things are and in that instant where the giant squid lost to the wrestler um what 40 something kids were born to women who were not pregnant at all right and he and this alien scientist was just like i'm gonna collect these babies because i can and he only found seven of them which uh, forms the umbrella academy Mm -hmm. and each of them have superpowers and he tells the world this he's like i found them and they're like why and he's like because they're going to save the world and then they're like oh for what from what not for what Mm -hmm. uh so so was it in 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 the comic book canon was it uh as far as like seven out of the the forty something odd um, kids that were born to non pregnant mothers, was it um, was it confirmed that the the other uh, that that weren't part of the seven that they all died, or, it wasn't, or is, is it just implied that he was only to, able to find seven? It wasn't uh, it wasn't stated that they all died. It just implied it just said that he could only find seven okay. of the forty something. Okay, that's they were I like thought. they don't know what happened to the rest of them. They were either missing or they were gone. He just could he only found seven. Sure, um, and so. Uh, yeah, it opens like that, and he trains these kids, and then they grow up to be 10-year-olds that takes down the Eiffel Tower, which is apparently a spaceship that Gustav Eiffel made, and he's still a zombie. Right. Like, it's just a very, like... Very the most, over-the-top, campy thing. Yeah, yeah, the most comic book-y thing you can do. Right, and, and uh, like, it, me being someone that hasn't been an avid reader of comic books... It was weird to choose this as one of my first because I, I mean, it was like just from the get go, like super over the top. Mm-hmm. And it took a minute for me to, for my palate to adjust mm-hmm. because I was like, I was trying to figure out like, is this, is this real life? Like, is this actually happening? Like, this is like kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the, uh, by the time I got to um, Hotel Oblivion volume three, I, I feel like I I met this equilibrium with the the over the topness where I either like leveled out or you know I, I kind of got used to it either way like you know I, I I it went from one of those things where I was like this is kind of weird not necessarily like I didn't like it but it was just kind of weird to I really like it mm-hmm. and I I like this is one of the reasons why I like this series so much is because it's you know kind of campy yeah and I think. The beautiful thing about this series and why I really like it is just that at the heart of it, it's not really about the camp. It's not really about the powers and the people. It's about the people, right. their struggles, right. and family. Yeah. And that's what I've always loved. I, I love that this, the way they're looking through and life is through this lens of a ridiculous, like, fantasy world mm-hmm. where apes are literal like co-workers that right. are, are policemen and you have like teleportation devices and you have just super powered humans and giant squids that are apparently wrestlers like you know yeah i i love that it's just like yes 
accept the world, now we get to actually talk about the people in it. And so it's not as distracting, I think, when somebody's shooting a laser beam. It's not like, oh my gosh, like how it doesn't take you out of it as much or like make sure it's not as like awe-inspiring in some ways because you're like, oh, of course, of course this person can fly. Of course there's a zombie Gustav Eiffel that made the Eiffel Tower a spaceship. Like... (laughs) I accept all these things, but now what I really care about is like how how these children have been affected by a really terrible father. Sure, you know. Yeah, yeah, that that totally makes sense. I, um, yeah, I I I I had something that I was gonna add there, but I mean that was very uh, very well put. Oh, thank you. Um, I uh, so you you kind of talked about your uh, one of your favorite characters. I uh, from volume one and two. I really liked number one and um, who uh, Luther and then number number five. Though mm-hmm. they were kind of my favorites, I think at least for volume three, Hotel Oblivion, mm-hmm. uh, Klaus is mm. uh, my favorite. Um, I yes, sorry for for some reason like I always say Klaus. And then I, I think I'm talking about Diego. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're really nothing alike. No, they are not. Uh, but for some reason, I I guess, I don't know, I, I always get them confused. Either way, um, I just, like, I, I can relate to him a little bit in Hotel Oblivion, not to the extent of being a um, super drug-addicted um, delinquent, mm-hmm. but I don't, like, I, I just, I feel like I can relate to... Um, a little bit of just his struggle in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, plus I just find him a, a very dynamic uh, character. And, and even though there's only three volumes, you still are able to use your, your imagination to, to build this idea of who Klaus is. Mm-hmm. And, I, I think that's very good work on Gerard Way's part um, and, you know, just whoever was involved, whoever else was involved in the writing. I don't know if it was just him or not, but mm-hmm. either way, um, I, yeah, I just, I like him as a character. I, I think he's a lot of fun. Of course, he's, you know, he was probably the fan favorite in, in the Netflix show. Yeah. Um, but... Um, you know, well, like I said, we'll get to that. Yeah. But yeah, in in the graphic novels, I don't know if I have one favorite character out of the the three volumes that we have so far. Mm-hmm. But out of one and two, you know, it's it's number one and number five, and then for sure, yeah, Klaus in uh, in in Hotel Oblivion. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's see. What else? What else do we have here? I. Uh, you want to talk about the artwork? The artwork, okay, artwork also is very important in comic books, obviously, because it's both visual and dialogue, right. and it tells a lot of the story, and um, that's one of the other reasons why I love Umbrella Academy so much, the way the art is presented. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know, I'm not a, I don't know how to dissect visual art very well, I wouldn't, I, I never learned, yeah. but... There's something about we can we can this. we can just gush about it and sure like it's just so I don't know the the way um, they're drawn the way the ideas of certain characters come about um, like I said it's like kind of can't be over top ridiculous but it feels really I don't know slick and also kind of cool and also kind of 
out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel too, I don't know, rounded, if that makes any sense. Like, sure. it doesn't, it's not like, here I am, the Avengers, so clean cut and round and like yeah. almost like um, trying to look as natural to real life as possible. This one definitely is like, no, like my body is literally a white violin. Right. So you're going to accept it. <laughs> um, like I literally have purple hair and like whether I do dye jobs or not, it's just growing out of my head as a baby. Mm-hmm. Like, and I have monkey arms. And I have and monkey arms and a torso. Right. And I'm super hairy. And Deal with it. Like, yeah. It's just like. And silver hair. And silver hair, it's just, it pops. I think it pops really well. Um, I just like the the details that go into it, especially in Apocalypse Suite. Um, I like near the end where she is like playing um, the destruction of the earth. Mm-hmm. And there, I love how they incorporate literally the title Apocalypse Suite in the notes of, of the staff. Oh, yeah. Like when she's playing the staff and they're like putting out the notes and you can see it in there or... Um. Yeah, just the way everything is is uh, portrayed. Uh, it also feels a l- like almost like a movie at times. Like I, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, with you know, f- pictures, moving pictures. That's how right. it happens. But um, I like the way they cut to things. Like the way they make you wait for a certain thing, and then you turn the page, and then it's like a big, like panoramic right. pull out into like this is the title of this issue. The flow, yeah, of uh, the the graphic images, yeah, is is very well done. Yeah, I I feel like the just the 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 illustration in general, it only gets better over time. Like the apocalypse suite was was pretty good i uh, i thought it was pretty good in, in that i thought it was a lot better in dallas and then the illustration in hotel oblivion just fucking blew me oh away. yeah like the it was ti- the space travel beautiful into like after space what a trip right literally like, like i'm chills right now like literal chills like, oh my god it's so it's so crazy i love yeah. the spectrum of color that they use like it was just like red yellow orange neon pink at the same time it's like you're looking through like a prism yeah like exactly how intergalactic space travel should look yeah uh, or or what you'd expect it to look like it's literally like rainbow road on the mario kart (laughs) exactly yeah uh one one of the things that i spent the most time just fucking staring at was when um it, it was right at the beginning of klaus's arc in in hotel oblivion mm-hmm. where um he's he's part of the biker gang where they uh, they're paying him <laughs> to uh to you know read the the um or go to talk, talk to, to the, the dead. dead people yeah. of these people and you know you really only see one particular interaction and it's this you know woman who has a dead husband and i don't know if it implies that they're like sleeping together it's really just like one one panel or like a half page yeah but they're they're getting busy in some form or fashion and there's just this big green thing like yeah it's right behind them Mm -hmm. and like i just spent five six seven minutes staring at this i was just trying to like pick out all the little details because it's so like um i was just so detailed yeah the pages Uh, are filled with the small little things everywhere um it's it's so crazy like i know what you're talking about it's like him with this woman and um because he's channeling the the ghost of her dead husband right who apparently like still wants to sleep with her and is like she's trying to find out where he buried the money that he kept from her right and like 
um, the fact that he has candles around him and is performing a seance, which is mm-hmm. his code name. Yes. And just the green smoke behind him. I love that they portray like the afterlife for him in that kind of way because it kind of mirrors um, like he's high on drugs all the time. Right. Um, and so I like that it kind of interweaves that with him too. It's like, is he like actually on drugs that's why everything is like all green or is this like spiritual or it's a little bit of both and it's like all it's all smoky and you can't tell like what he's seeing and what these spirit or smoke is supposed to be right yeah uh no i like i said that was one of the reasons why i liked klaus so much in in volume three was because of the illustration that went into his his particular arc because he spends a good amount of time by himself yeah uh away from the other uh other members of the umbrella academy yeah which i thought was kind of interesting mm-hmm. like all the other members they they kind of team up in some form or fashion um but yeah you you kind of see him off doing his own thing for a little bit and i but yeah i just in general i thought in hotel oblivion the they just pumped out the the or jacked up the the level of yeah illustration um as far as quality goes mm-hmm. which makes sense because they had a little bit more time to work on this yeah you know we were talking about this again uh, off air that you know they they did uh volume one and two pretty much back to back for yeah. the most part and then there's a 10 year gap and they were like volume three is coming and i'm like okay right. cool i'll wait and then like Two years pass. I'm like, where's volume three? And they're like, it's coming. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna wait. Five years pass. It's. I'm like, I've given up hope. I didn't think it was coming. I was like, I guess I'm gonna watch Game of Thrones now. And we all saw how that hadn't ended. But then I was like, I guess I'm not gonna have my happy endings anyways. And then they made it into a show, and they're like, guess what? Volume three is actually here. And I was like, yeah. oh, thank you. Yeah, I was curious to see it, uh, or find out if it's possible to find out if. Um, those two things are related mm. uh, of them deciding to make a season two is related in any way to them finally coming out with a volume three. I'm inclined to say no, that they're not related. That is just coincidental mm-hmm. because uh, I was told, one of my good friends, Miranda, she gave me, uh, I've, I've talked about her a couple times on the podcast. She runs the YouTube channel, Go Nerds. So that's kind of my first plug. I'll have a couple later on. Plug um, it in, but plug she, it in. yes, <laughs> plug it in, plug it in. <laughs> um, she, she gave me a couple of good talking points. Uh, but yeah, go, go follow them on YouTube. It's Go Nerds. Uh, she, she told me that she met Gerard several years ago and said hey fucker uh where's volume three bitch because she at that point in time she had met all the members of my chem Mm -hmm. and uh like several times Mm -hmm. um both like in official capacity and like guerrilla style like Mm -hmm. just stalking their van um and yes and so she felt like she was on that level where she could be like hey bitch Where's uh yeah? Where, where's my? I've where's been my waiting new, for. Where's my new pages? Yeah, eight and, years. Yeah, and so apparently, like Gabriel Ba. Or, I think that's how you say his name. I do not know. Yes. Uh, I I I'm not. I would say because the letter literal last name is B A, but I'm right. Who knows Ba? Ba. I don't. E- I can't even think of any other way to pronounce it. Yes. Uh, sorry in advance if that's not correct. Um, but. 
so there's an accent on it so right yeah that's that's why i was like i i don't know um but either way uh, she said that he was incredibly busy and that they basically had the material to write volume three is just a matter of waiting until gabriel was available to illustrate it for him and so they were just stuck in this limbo waiting game hmm. period where you know, they had to wait for the stars to align, which happens with collaborations because, yeah. you know, people have side projects and yeah. other things. They have professional lives and yeah. sometimes things just take a while. So. And plus, like, with such a, like, going back to the artwork, with such a unique and specific style to this artwork. Right. It's, if he chose another illustrator, it wouldn't feel the same, even if the dialogue was right. the same and the plot was the same and the action was the same. It would look different and people would rage and burn it in a fire you're speaking in a sense of like if gerard chose a different illustrator volume three to get it out there quicker yeah yeah Yeah. i I agree and plus i don't even know how contracts work for like comic books so maybe he didn't even have a choice maybe he signed something that like they had to do it together but yeah i i mean uh, i i don't know uh i i didn't look into the politics of of that side i just i figured that it was that kind of relationship where, you know, he did volumes one and two. They or they did them together and it wouldn't feel right to, you know, go and do yeah. the, the third volume yeah. or any subsequent volumes and issues with someone else. Um, and plus, like you said, it would kind of break up the continuity of things. Yeah. And I, I mean, comic books, again, it's both a visual and like literal mm-hmm. like element. I think i said that right not sure not the smartest person in the room but uh well you're both dialogue across from me so (laughs) by default that makes you the smartest wonderful i will take the lead and just say like at the end of the day dialogue and visual really matter in comic books like for sure 100 percent. yeah you can't have one without the other yeah same as film really i think that's why they're so similar in, in feel right um um what about uh like the uh the um, the 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 dark humor and like black humor behind the like the story and the like the weird dark banter between characters like do, did it come across to you as a little bit on the dark side uh, because it did for me like I know we talked about the the story kind of being fantastical mm-hmm. but like the banter between uh, especially the um the the members of the umbrella academy mm-hmm. seems very dark because they had this very complicated upbringing yeah. by <clears throat> you know a dad that wasn't very loving that he a dad that wasn't really a dad right he was he, just like you are it's kind of like a drill instructor yeah he was like i'm an alien i saved you not really saved you i I somehow I, took you from right, your mother's right. or just I, like I paid for you. And yeah. And now I'm going to mansion. make you a superhero, superhero team. Right. And you don't, please don't call me dad. He literally tells them not oh, to yeah. call him dad. So it's just like these poor children who are humans and have superpowers. Like, of course they have childhood trauma. And um, going back to what you were saying about it being dark. I definitely got that. And maybe I think that's another reason why I probably liked it because I do like, darker themed things mm-hmm. um i like that it it goes it digs a little bit deeper into all of that and i think that's why a lot of us relate to it or like it is because um i don't know we had all of us go through dark things in our lives whether it's through mm-hmm. family 
um, or through personal relationships with each other, and we all get it. We all can understand. Maybe not to the extent of like my father. We have an alien father. Or like my father was abusive to us. Right. But uh, maybe to the extent of like, yeah, my family kind of sucks, or like there are parts of me that I don't like, or there are parts of me that are kind of, you know, dark and selfish, you know? Right. And we get that. We get that where these people come from and how now being adults trying to find the balance of like how do i be a responsible person and like you know live my life with all this baggage that follows me around right um and going on with the dark humor (laughs) i it's i think it's blatantly there even in like umbrella academy the the very first one apocalypse suite like there are moments where like assassins show up or like uh, the rumor as a child as a 10 year old child her entire like left arm is missing because of a villain that like ate it like mm-hmm. he like needed to eat energy or like that's how he lived and sustained himself i think his name was like terminal mr terminal or dr terminal yeah yeah and Dr. Terminal. he has this like little like circular belt thing on that he keeps on him that just eats atoms or whatever and and, and anything in sight because of his terminal illness right hence the name and she's strapped to a chair and gagged and bleeding because her left arm is missing right and so obviously like it doesn't shy away from like anything dark like um even later like the dark humor and i think was it probably in dallas where the time assassins you know cha-cha and hazel right were trying to chase down um number five yeah and yeah i that was probably my favorite part of number five uh or uh, number five uh um of dallas yeah was cha-cha and hazel uh i mean they were they were great in the show um, and I know we're not there yet. I sorry. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, but I, uh, I, I just I had in my mind like the the ratio of time that they were involved in the storyline in the comic books versus the show mm-hmm. is vastly different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, that just kind of came to my mind. That's fine. Um, and it just kind of came out of my mouth. Um, Love it. I don't have control of anything. Love it. Um, but yeah, the, I I loved their involvement in the story. It was, like I said, pretty, relatively brief. But it was like the darkness. The the dark they were the dark got, humor, <laughs> right? It got turned up to eleven. Yeah, with the knob ripped off. Yeah, with, with them involved because they, you know, like when the the chef at the diner or the donut shop. I can't remember if it's a diner in the comic book or a donut shop still. It might be a diner. But either way, like, you know, the they're complimenting them on the pie and uh, or pie or donuts, whatever. Yeah. And uh, the dude, uh, the chef pops his head out and he's like, a guy came from Australia trying to find the recipe. And I said, you're going to have to take my uh, arms and legs to, to get the recipe. And they're like, ah! Yeah, and, and they proceed to do just and that. cut to next page. Literally, his arms and legs are gone. Right? Yeah, he's and, just a stump. Um, and how he's still alive, I don't know. But he manages to whisper, "I use canned apples," <laughs> and I was just like, "This right. is so sad." But also, why am I like kind of laughing? Also, he's de- dying, and right. these terrible people just t- literally took his arms and legs because they took a metaphor and made it literal. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I liked their involvement in the storyline, uh, however brief it was. Um, I I 
did like how they how they met their demise basically with with seance coming back to life yeah and then ending their lives through possession yes yeah that, that's essentially what happened yeah. um it was it was a very uh, little complicated spurts in in the storyline but yeah. yeah that's basically what happened somehow i was able to wrap my head around it because anything with time travel involved um or possession i immediately get so fucking confused that i'm like <laughs> someone figure this out for me time and then travel... relay it in in layman's terms yeah i mean time travel is tricky time travel is a very very tricky thing to do in writing yeah like because it, it could go real bad real quick if you don't keep track of it and if you're in doctor who you just say it's timey wimey wibbly wobbly and then say that's it you don't <laughs> right. explain it yeah you know um, not to shit on Doctor Who, I love Doctor Who, <laughs> no, <laughs> but sometimes I, it does get a little confusing, and they literally are just like it's timey wimey, and I'm like, but right. that's not a reason. But okay, I guess I accept it. I, I, um, I think that's just uh, British humor for you. Yeah, they're like, it's it's like this because reasons. Yeah, and I'm just like, okay, cool. Moving cool. on. I guess we're just right. gonna ignore it. Yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, I like I said, I, I liked their um their little thing. Um. Do uh. Let's see. We we kind of talked. We've talked a lot about the things that we liked. Do do we want to get into the the flip side of that? Some of sure. the things that we didn't like, or room areas for improvement. Um, because I sure like so looking at this at more of a whole, like volume one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. I have less. Of uh, I have less problems now than I did back when I was aware that there was just volumes one and two, mm-hmm. um, because it left me wanting more. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like the story was kind of incomplete, and I knew that like you know it, it's most likely an ongoing series, so mm-hmm. the storyline uh, and the um, the history and what you know about this family will mm-hmm. naturally evolve and unfold mm-hmm. over time as more issues volumes are written Mm -hmm. but i still felt like it was a little bit lacking and Mm -hmm. i i don't know like i I just uh like dallas was like i said uh you know to you earlier i i thought that it was it was definitely better um but just kind of as a whole uh you know certain parts of the story i was like eh, and then um i thought I think my biggest gripe was with Vanya. Mm. Like, I... It was a little bit better into... And vastly better in Hotel Oblivion. Mm-hmm. Her, her, mm-hmm. her part of the storyline. Mm-hmm. But in one, like... I did not feel bad for her at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we'll... You know, we'll get to the show and, you know, how uh, you, you're made to feel bad for her mm-hmm. in the show. But... It just kind of, just like with a lot of other elements uh, involved with, you know, these characters and the story, it just kind of jumps right in. Mm -hmm. And so it does make sense to just jump right in with expecting you to, with this very limited amount of information that she was told she's not special and you need to feel bad for her. Mm Yeah. I I didn't feel bad for her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if they, they were trying to tell me that I should feel bad. I think the I mean, or, or uh, maybe try and be sympathetic for a second until she goes nutso and she turns and uh, she gets turned into the white violin. I think they were 
like what you were saying, they were trying, they were trying to get you to understand her side as quick as possible. Um, right. But it's hard to do that. Um, in six issues. In six issues, especially when you're brand new as a, a comic book. I mean, you can, but um, so they tried to do it in the fastest possible way of being like, hey, um, she as a child was never allowed to play with her siblings or interact with them Mm -hmm. because she doesn't have any powers or so we thought. Right. And her father constantly reminds her that she is worth nothing and only should play the violin. Yeah. Um, And so like, I feel as children who feel like outsiders, like that's where we kind of were supposed to draw the connection with of being like, Oh, I understand what it's like to be not special and an outsider and not allowed into the group of whatever like family social whether it's like uh blood related or not right or whether it's friends or not like i know what know what it's like to be on the outside and rejected mm-hmm. so that's essentially what vanya is supposed to represent the reject the reject she literally wrote a whole entire book about her family about being the reject right and like shat all over them in that book and they hate her for it too mm-hmm. um and so like that was like basically all the depth that they gave her. I think uh, what you're alluding to or talking about um, that you didn't like is the fact that um, I don't know in, in Vanya's case or the story in the first uh, volume, Apocalypse Suite. The villain is kind of just very flat. It was your standard like I'm a bad guy. I want to destroy the world. I have found my instrument, pun intended, to right. literally destroy the world, and it's going to be a member of the Umbrella Academy. And how he got the notes of this alien, like from her father, saying like, "Oh, she's the most powerful one of the seven. Right. And he's just been keeping her unlocked because he doesn't want her to go crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know that it was never explained. He was just like, "I found your dad's notes, and now I'm going <laughs> to like experiment on you, and now you're gonna be crazy." Right. And, like, we as an audience is like, I guess? Sure. Like, we don't understand any of the science, and we're not supposed to because it doesn't matter in this case, in this in this series. I feel like science never really is explained much Sure. in this one. They're just like, there are machines. They time travel. There are things that aren't working, you know, because right. science. And you're yeah. like, of course. Um, and so, yeah, I think that was what was probably not my favorite part of the the comics as well as the lack of like um depth in the first volume for like you know the villains and some of the characters and i think that's probably what you were sensing and reading to yeah um to uh pretty much but like to play devil's advocate to my own complaints got it i (laughs) i uh to i wanted to throw this out there and and i just uh i it might be in my notes. It just doesn't it. matter. Um, I because I wanted to get to it and I just thought of it. Yeah. Um, very s- uh, not unlike binge watching a show. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, we had to wait for the next episode mm-hmm. a week later. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it uh, or however often the episodes were released, mm-hmm. typically a week. But you know. Th- be picking up a whole volume and reading six or seven issues in one or two sittings 
is practically the equivalent of binge watching a show, yeah. whether it be Netflix or uh, another streaming service or HBO, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's binge reading. And so you are not going that typical month in between one issue to the next. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's typically a month, right? Between issues. I think so. I, I was looking at... It's- been a while. I don't really buy issues. I buy things in volumes yeah, because I, I don't like keeping all the issues. I like books. Right. Uh, because they have a spine. Because they have you, a spine. When yeah. you put them on a bookshelf, you can... And they look prettier instead yeah. of like, what is this thin, flimsy piece of paper that right. I'm having? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I just spent a decent amount of time on the Wikipedia pages and <laughs> I happen to be looking at the release dates. Sponsored for by the- <laughs> Wikipedia. Not really. No. They are no, not no. sponsoring us. No. Uh, no we- sponsors <laughs> yet. We'll get there yeah. eventually one day. One day. Or Ten years from now. Yeah. Um, when Wikipedia it- still exists. <laughs> It's a slow burn. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I, I noticed that it was a, uh, they were released about a month apart. But anyways, like I said, it, it was the, the point that I'm trying to make is that, you know, when you say if you're the typical comic book reader where you pick up, pick this up from issue to issue, mm-hmm. you are, you have that period of time to let that information settle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have like the issue where, um, you know, Vanya can't participate in the uh, the the battles that the Umbrella Academy are fighting, mm-hmm. and uh, and then all of a sudden you have her going to audition, and she's like, "These guys are freaks. I'm not fucking playing for you guys. You're a weir- mm-hmm. bunch of weirdos." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she comes back when she realizes that her family definitely still sucks, and they haven't changed one bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you have time in between those issues if you're reading them in in that capacity to you have time to let that information settle Mm -hmm. and so it's not as immediate and you're not like powering through it so you know it's the way you process that information is going to be uh, obviously a lot different than you know if you Mm -hmm. let that information settle for a little bit Mm -hmm. so like I said I just wanted to play devil's advocate to my own gripe about the uh, about Vanya, the lack of character development. Sure, but yeah. okay. So counterpoint to that. Okay, whether I think whether you have like a time period of waiting, or whether you just binge something, character development should still develop at the same pace, no matter how far you read it. Sure, even if you're waiting months and months and months, it. Sh- if it's in the story and if it's written well, mm-hmm. the character would have developed well. Sure. Versus like whether I watched it or read it immediately, mm-hmm. you can see it happening, you know? Like, yeah. So for her, I think it's just like those were the seeds that were planted. And then they were like, we got to get to the plot points because things are happening. Right. Because they really, they really, um, tell the story of this family very quickly in the first first volume very much so because i mean yeah the amount of information if people don't know and if we haven't summarized yet essentially um these kids even once you find out that they have been um adopted at 10 years old and they're like a superhero team um they are they it fast forwards to the future it just cuts to from after they finish their first battle cuts to them as adults mm-hmm. and um they are all reunited because their father had died 
Right. And then you realize, oh, they disbanded. They weren't successful. Like, they disbanded a long time ago, and they don't like each other. Right. And you're like, why don't they like each other? And I think that's such a cool way to get people's attention. And For also... Sure gives you a lot of room to develop characters in right. the future and to make more stories because you want to know why they hate each other now. Why yeah. why they have these feelings, strong feelings for each other. What happened between um these years? Why aren't they together? And um why does he why does Space Boy look like a half monkey <laughs> right, when yeah. he as a ten year old child he had a normal body, you know? And um so so yeah, that was that's really my counter argument. Like whether or not time like how you consume it character development should still be there um and should still be done properly and you should still feel the same effect whether it's like a month or 10 minutes i.e also look at the last season of game of thrones (laughs) character development matters that's why sure we all i feel some type of way about it yeah, I'm gonna stop there because I know separate, I will go and talk about two hours about it. But that's moving a separate on, separate episode. Um, <laughs> I actually thought about doing a Game of Thrones episode, one on the last season, uh, when in December because that's when the the Blu-ray uh, disc set is set oh, to come out for okay. for the last season. Uh, I I mean I was I was looking for an opportunity to do an episode because e- even though without going into uh, too much yeah. last season left most people a little upset but by the time I got to the point of like being able to record episodes again it wasn't really it was over contempor- yeah it yeah. was over people had already moved on to something yeah. else they had to uh, let it go it so yeah to. I figured um, if I if there is an opportunity to to do it yeah um that that could be it yeah we got off the titanic just in time to see it watch and sink into the bottom of the ocean (laughs) Precisely. the next the next december is when Mm. we're gonna go back and find the heart of the ocean again and we would be like it's been 84 years it's been 84 years (laughs) yeah um was uh talking about the villains a little bit let's do it i love villains Mm, yes i am a sucker for a good villain yeah and I didn't think we really had decent ones up until like Dallas and um, and Hotel Oblivion. Yeah, like I thought the the villain stuff was and that's a very technical term. Villain stuff. The villain stuff. The I villain stuff it. in Hotel Oblivion was um, hilariously incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredibly hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, either one of those. Both. Uh, so the I mean there's there's a main villain, right? There there's like uh There are many there's so many uh, in well, Hotel Oblivion. That, Which that's, one? No, that's that's what I was getting to. Okay. I was trying to remember like there's I think there's a main villain you or mean, a couple, Perseus. Uh right. Uh but there's uh, but then there's um so there's Jonathan uh that that's who you're Perseus? talking about. Right? Yeah. There's John Perseus. Right, who uh, unleashes all the the Word. captured villains yep. from Hotel Oblivion. Yep. Um, which was apparently referenced briefly in a pop yes. apocalypse suite, I believe. Very, very, very briefly. briefly. Literally yeah. a sentence or two. Yeah, and because I basically blew through all three of these volumes to get them back to you, because mm-hmm. uh, you let me borrow Thank them, um, I, uh, I missed that It's reference. okay. I mean... It, I barely missed it too. Like that's another thing. Side note: 
uh, side tangent, which I do all the time. Uh, I like okay. about we, these. We accept those here. <laughs> what I like about these, the way it's written, is that if you pay attention, like um, there are multiple stories happening at the same time in in all of these volumes. Sure, there, there it always follows more than just one person, um, and which also kind of makes it hard for the reader sometimes to keep track of what's happening. And so that's when they plant those little seeds. There are like little clips and pictures of little seeds and plot points that come up later. Mm-hmm. So for example, in Apocalypse Suite um, number five, it talks about the way he time travels and time travels back. And then there are random like time soldiers appearing and you're like, who are these people? But they're never talked about it again. And then you realize... Right in the next volume who they are in volume two again in dallas john perseus appears for like a page yeah and like he's talking about his company and you're like right. and i'm like who's, who the fuck who's is this it? dude why do we care and i figured that he has some sort of important part mm-hmm. in the story but like it was like it just it was enough it was for, just like, like a taste yeah and, and left you like wondering for the next 10 years yeah uh what? literally yeah and you're like oh what is happening and so they drop little hints so in umbrella academy it was so clever because it was little like flashbacks essentially um the first one was a flashback where they referenced the hotel it was when i uh rumor allison number three mm-hmm. this is gonna be long because i have to announce their titles every single time uh when she was strapped in that chair and Terminal was talking to her and like bantering with her. And he was like, before your father locks me away in that room, in that place mm-hmm. uh, for forever, I'm going to have my like final revenge. And he's like villain monologuing or whatever. Right. And so that's the first hint. And you're like, what place like is he talking about? And it's just so small and it moves on. And you're like, okay, whatever, moving on. And then it cuts to present day. And um, because one of the plot points in Apocalypse Suite is that uh, Terminal did make random robots if the the umbrella academy ever got back together to come alive um so those terminal robots came back and so they had to fight them again right and so luther number one was talking and saying like oh i thought like he couldn't escape the hotel like once you're locked in there you can't escape the hotel and that's when they reference hotel oblivion mm. he just said the hotel he didn't say hotel oblivion right it was yeah. just like i thought once you're in the hotel you can't escape why are his robots here and then they were like it must be because it was something he did before he was placed in the hotel yeah um so i love the little like seeds that they plant ahead of time um but going back to you Tears. and the villains, the villain stuff. um yeah, the villains have sometimes, at least in the beginning, have like been lacking. Yeah, just kind of. Felt um, flat. The conductor was the main villain of the first one, which and is I I also love that idea, which is another reason why I love these books. It's just crazy, fantastical ideas of like right a conductor as a villain. What is he doing? Like his whole entire orchestra literally are thieves and murderers, right? And they love to play instruments. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, okay, sure, right? And- like, are, are you friends with like the evil version of the village people? Yeah, like- it's just, it's just. I was just like, how? But okay, but sure. Like, do you play like? A symphony and then murder the audience is that how Precisely. we do do this? <laughs> That's exactly. But, what <laughs> uh, but I thought it was just so funny and out, so outside of the box, and that's what I love. 
Um, but yeah, the conductor kind of was just lacking because he was like, I want to destroy the world and that's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, every villain wants to destroy the world and that's why they're here. Well, for the most part, you know? Right. Um, and then, um, I'm not sure if there was another villain you were wanting to bring up earlier Uh, besides um, the conductor in volume one. Uh, no, that, that was pretty much it in volume one. And then in, so in volume two, uh, we, I mean, we obviously had Cha-Cha and Hazel. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we discussed them. But as far as main villains uh, or villain, It was mainly the time agency because Dallas, right. number two, volume, the volume number two in Dallas, even the titles have like <laughs> random ass names. Uh, in volume two, Dallas, the main, the main um, antagonist was the time agency. Mm-hmm. They were coming after number five right. because he escaped. Um, he forgot to tell his siblings that while time traveling back from the future where he saw the world being destroyed. And so he went back to try to save his family in the world. Um, he got caught by a thing called the time agency. And I think there's a whole entire name for them and it spells out temps, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember what the exact acronym it stands for right now, but um, they essentially are a group of outliers who travel through time, um, capture them and then train them to be assassins to essentially keep the balance of time. Right. Um, to take out and assassinate random people um, to make sure time doesn't go cray cray. And so he eventually becomes one of those people and becomes the best one because they operate on his body and apparently put the DNA of every single killer they've ever found into him. And that's why he's so precise. Right. And with his uh, with number five's ability to like tele- t- teleport through time, it made him like the ultimate killer. And so eventually he got hardened and then he was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I need to go back to my family. And so he did it. He like backstabbed them and like left and like essentially Doctor Who'd his way back home. Right. <laughs> but into the body of a child instead of his 60-year-old body. Right, yeah. Uh, and so they're now back to be like, we needed you to finish this job. We're mm-hmm. here. If you don't help us, we're gonna kill, basically, your young self. Right. Um, and your entire family. And your young self and your twin. Your twin sibling. Yeah. Because of... Um, which... Uh, yeah. So... That one's a little bit more interesting, at least. Mm-hmm. That one, they have a reason. They have, like, a purpose yeah. to, like, get them together. Um, but what I really noticed, like, even though, for the most part, the villains, you know, aren't the most compelling. But at the end of the day, it's not about the villains. It's about the heroes. And I think that's maybe why sometimes the villains aren't as compelling. Sure. Is because they're trying to tell the story of this family. Of this family and this yeah. these characters. So the villains don't really get a main stage. Sure. They kinda take a little bit of a backseat. They kinda are there to like, yeah, we have some plot points to fill. They help push the story forward. Um, they do interact with the characters and they do add character development to the characters, but they're not they're not the main thing that they're trying to stop. Sure. We're, what we're trying to do is unveil each character and the layers that they have. Mm. And so Dallas is very much about number five mm-hmm. and how yeah, he got sure. to be where he is. And I mean, so, he's on the front cover. He's on the front cover. I mean, I love these front covers. And, um, is front the, cover redundant? I mean, front and cover? I mean, back cover. There's a back oh, cover. well, okay. Well, I'll just go fuck <laughs> myself. God. That's fine. No, no, no. I don't uh, mean to make you sound weird no but, I, I mean i i sound weird all on my own okay great 
copy <laughs> me too but um but i think that's essentially maybe why sometimes the villains kind of lack are lacking in these stories no that that definitely makes a lot of sense um, like i i feel like there's a lot of comic books and a lot of movies and shows uh and not just ones that are you know a comic book to movie or show adaptation mm-hmm. where like the the villain kind of propels the story forward mm-hmm. uh and the 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 heroes or the main characters there they evolve based on their villains mm-hmm. whereas it's kind of it's not necessarily the flip of that for mm-hmm. the umbrella academy but like you said it's you know the the progression of um the this family and new developments coming to light and the their personal actions that kind of propel the story forward mm-hmm. so uh, again like you said it's um the need for these these f- great fantastic villains is not as big of a need as <clears throat> I don't know, like a, a as iteration of Batman. <laughs> oh yeah, as, as Thanos Joker? or like the Joker. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I mean that that totally makes sense in mm-hmm. in the context of you know your your argument. But yeah, that's um, that's that definitely makes sense. Yeah, I mean like. Yeah, I mean, even the third volume, the villain there, there's so many. There are multiple villains. There are multiple storylines. There, the, I guess the main villain was John Perseus, and he didn't feel like a villain until like halfway through because you didn't even know what he was doing right. until like halfway through, and you're like, oh, he wants to find his father. Yeah, there was a lot. Well, apparently, it was a criminal. <laughs> right. Yeah, there was a lot up in the air, and that was another thing that I found really intriguing about Hotel Oblivion was that for like the first half at least there was a lot going on that you had no idea what the fuck was going on Mm -hmm. Uh, or that could just be me because i'm stupid no 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 you're Um, you're totally right like there was uh there was a lot uh that i was just like okay like obviously things are going to come to fruition mm -hmm. and all this nonsense will make sense Mm -hmm. at some point in time Mm -hmm. At least I hope that's what's going to happen because none of this really makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and, and but you know, like I said, it eventually th- uh, everything came to fruition, mm-hmm. fell into place, and I was like, oh, now I see what's going on. Yeah. And I I loved like him letting all the captured villains out. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of like it's just hilarious to me to begin with, mm-hmm. but. Um, it kind of reminded me. Have you ever seen Cabin in the Woods? Yes. Okay. It reminded me of all of Every, the the ending the creatures. of creatures. <laughs> yeah, or like the scene, like specifically the scene where it's like the wide shot of the um, the corridor with the elevators, the elevators and, and it the, goes ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like all so, the monsters just right. fly out, like, and and there's like a giant octopus mm-hmm. in there, I think, and um, it that's exactly what it reminded me of. I mean, it's it's not anything like that, of mm-hmm. course, uh, in in the, the literal sense, um, in how things transpire, but still, like that's kind of what I thought of was mm-hmm. the hilarity of like all these villains coming out and like so you have the opportunity to see all these villains that they once battled that some of them were referenced mm-hmm. in uh, in the the preceding volumes mm-hmm. some of them weren't like you you were kind of meeting them for the first time mm-hmm. so it was 
almost felt like a, a little mini like catch up of um, if you felt like it was the series was lacking in mm-hmm. its villains, um, at least in quantity. Uh, it was it was kind of well, like here's here's an excess of villains. Yeah, and I think also it, it, I mean speaking about the villains, especially in Hotel Oblivion, like the third volume, like um, it opens up with I think. Space Boy number one trying to like beating a villain in Tokyo, right? Yeah, like, like and and so I feel like their jobs as superheroes like have gone so far, been so successful is that the world just is filled with superheroes and they're just beating villains all the time and they're just putting them away. Mm-hmm. But specifically for the Umbrella Academy, the really dangerous ones, uh, like equivalent to like Arkham Asylum in you know Batman's world, are mm-hmm. placed in a place called Hotel Oblivion. Um, right, and so that's why the villains feel like inconsequential sometimes because they're just so they're just superheroes now, and you're like, okay, another villain defeated, moving on to the next one. Right, um, and also talking about the the way half of that first vol- third volume felt, um, I think that's a, another part of the writing that gets you that's kind of clever um, because it hooks you in mm-hmm. it plants all these little storylines that are happening at the same time and they're like you don't know what's happening but it's coming and so you want to keep reading because you're like i need an ending to this like why are we talking about this random spaceship why are we talking about space right why are we why are we doing this why are we um in this hotel what is happening about this hotel what is so special about this hotel um and it it's just um, and by then you already care about these main characters so much that you want to keep reading. Right. Um, and so I think that's very clever in the way that they write. Slightly frustrating as a reader sometimes, but mm, just, sure. just cause like you do have to keep track of those separate storylines happening at the same time. Um, because I sometimes find myself like flipping back to be like, what did they just say? Like, where right. are we going? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the villain in I thought was very clever, or at least I like I like it when writers um, kind of allude to like mythologies and themes. I I just love. Yeah, I noticed you had something in your notes about uh, uh, Greek mythology. Yeah, um, so you want to elaborate a little sure, bit? Sure. Like I mean, before I just interrupted you just no. now, it seemed like you were going to get to that. Yeah, uh, interrupt all the way. Yeah, no, that's just me being an a hole. So. I love it. But, uh, so main villain, I guess, or uh, antagonist in this uh, third volume is named John Perseus. Mm -hmm. Um, And Perseus is a hero, actually, in Greek mythology. (laughs) Kind of like Percy Jackson. (laughs) Yeah, like that. Except I never read any of those books, but I did see that terrible movie. Um, Uh, I also saw that movie. (laughs) I I can't remember if it was... Sorry, continue. No, I, I, it's just, uh, it, it probably was terrible. Um, I just, I feel I bad really, because I don't really remember. That, side that tangent well. again for the hundredth time. I feel bad because the author of that book, I know really, really, really tried to make those movies good. Mm-hmm. And Hollywood was just like, no, thank you. Yeah. And like, I remember like him putting out all the receipts on his like web page about like all the emails that, and that he sent to the writers and was like, I really want this movie, but good. You need to change these things, please. And they didn't. Really? And he was, yeah. Like if you go on his website, 
like there's an entire blog that he has that he just puts receipts on wow. and he was just like i sent th- this email to them and they just didn't let me change a thing you know they 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 sent me the script and they told me like they showed it to me because i want to know and maybe get my thoughts and i sent them my thoughts about how it should be better and how to it should be closer and truer to the books in certain ways and uh how to do that mm-hmm. but they just re- refused and so the movie came out it was a shit show <laughs> and of course nobody wanted to see it yeah again and I think they made a second one because legally they were contracted to do a second yeah. one. And then they tried to buy the rights for the third book. And he's like, no, 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 no. We're not doing this. Right. Um, and another side note to that side note. Um, side note A. <laughs> um, there's actually a musical. There's like The Lightning Thief is a musical, if you didn't know that. I, I did not so, know that. So, fun fact. Go and find it somewhere. Okay. Um, there's a Lightning Thief musical. I think it might be decent. I don't know. I've never seen it because it's a musical and you might have to be in Broadway or on Broadway to see it. Sure. But going back to the main topic, the villain of Volume 3, John Perseus. Uh, Perseus is a, is a Greek hero. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know like my mythology that in-depth, but the gist of it of what i remember is that perseus um is a greek hero that essentially um i think he saves a city like there's a city that's under siege and they always have to like give sacrifices to like the sea monster that comes or something like that and i think andromeda is the princess that was like placed there and like at some point in this like long ass odyssey um he goes and he kills medusa Mm-hmm. Perseus is the one that does it, not Hercules. Um, so he cuts off the head of Medusa, and as the monster is trying to devour the city, he brings up Medusa, and Medusa freezes the monster with her Medusa powers of like turning people into stone. Um, so I thought that was v- kind of clever that they kind of injected that into the story, sure. because um, Medusa in this story is this kind of like AI robot head that looks like Medusa in Greek mythology that, mm-hmm. like, his father created. Right. Um, that corrupted his father. And um, I thought it was so clever, especially in, when you look at it in the panels. Eventually, he frees all the villains in Hotel Oblivion, teams up with Medusa, and he puts on this, like, Greek, like, this armor, high-tech armor, but it looks Greek mm-hmm. and Roman, and he has, like, this flaming sword on his hand and medusa is like attached to his arm and like it the, almost looks like the like a gauntlet yeah like and from, uh, that's kind of like how thanos is uh yeah gauntlet. yeah and like also referencing to um greek mythology like that's kind of what he did he right. had medusa's hand head in his hand like left hand and yeah. a sword in his right right so and i thought i was just her head as a weapon exactly yeah. that's how he defeated like the huge monster which is essentially kind of how they defeated the main monster in um, hotel oblivion because mm-hmm. um one of the villains that got out again referencing to little seeds that they plant was dr terminal right and he just feeds and feeds and feeds and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and is like about to swallow the city whole and the only way to destroy him apparently medusa is has like a nuclear reactor in her head i guess all this fits like so well yes. in, within the <laughs> confines of the ridiculous yes like uh, you just accept it because by then you're like well there's like you're, a you're giant space in. monster that yeah if, if you've read up until this point then you have invested in, yeah in the you're just like line. sure why not let's move on right like, at this point nothing surprises me um so um luther number one 
takes Medusa's head and like throws it into Terminal, and that's what kills him and right. stops the city from being burned up. But I also thought it was very poetic that um, the way Medusa was freed from, you know, uh, Perseus was that Perseus had to cut off because she had latched his her tendrils into his arm so he couldn't let go of that gauntlet in mm, his left hand. Yeah. He literally had to cut off the head of Medusa just like in Roman okay. uh, Greek mythology. Mm. So I was like, oh, it's a nice little twist. Sure. is And the fact that he actually teamed up with Medusa at the same time but also still followed like, the link to Greek mythology of cutting off the head of Medusa okay. to defeat her and then using Medusa's head to literally defeat a giant monster <laughs> that's trying to kill the city. I'm so glad that um, you picked up on all these little nuances from Greek mythology uh because i didn't really pick up on. i just love mythology a lot also side note kind of side note the ship that they fly the minerva Uh that's also mythology yeah i i knew Um, i knew minerva from that that that's a a name from mythology i knew that much but um you know basically everything that you just said uh, yeah. was like uh what um the the perseus name sounded very familiar i was like i, I feel like i i could google this name and I mean, figure out why it seems so familiar but like i said i, I wanted it, to power through it. it might seem familiar mainly because like hollywood did a thing about it a while like a couple years ago mm-hmm. uh, I think called, like Clash of the Titans or something like that it's sure. actually Greek mythology and it's about Perseus and they did a, the whole bit about Perseus killing Medusa okay you know um, so that's why some people might know about it okay um, but but yeah Minerva Minerva is the little spaceship that they fly into like the after space and, and whatnot and she is the Roman equivalent of Athena and if you're talking about like Greek mythology and the Odyssey, Athena comes to Odysseus mm-hmm. and like aids him in his voyage on the ship because she's the goddess of wisdom and war. So I thought that was also kind of very like appropriate to have a spaceship flying through space aiding you to guide you in your Odyssey and journey of space and also using it as a way of like fighting war too because they try to like use the ship to defeat the monster later. So, right. Little, just like I love little hints like mythologies and other references. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was very, very, very clever of them. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was neat. Um, well, uh, do you want to, uh, do you want to finally get into the, the, the Netflix, uh, comparison stuff? Um, I think so. I don't know if I have like, I have anything else to say since our note this is like the very first time that i've printed out notes for those of you listening so uh the reason why i you hear paper one is because that i mean i printed out my notes and two like my i didn't realize that my printer did both front and back uh kind of like a laser printer would so um I feel like my notes are all. I have uh, uh, okay. Here we a go. little bit. Yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about this like after. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about this after we compare or now. It's just a few questions I had after reading Hotel Oblivion, like okay. about certain things. But we can let's go with that after. No. Right now. now. Okay. Cool. Right cool, now. Cool, cool. Let's do it. So, few questions. Um. 
So in Hotel Oblivion, one of the questions I had was um, the purpose of there's like a, a entity called Scientific Man that was looked like he was play, being guard like being a guard right. for Hotel Oblivion mm-hmm. on on this planet. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Hotel Oblivion is placed on like some weird planet far in space in like limbo that you can't barely find right um and and um the father of the umbrella academy built that hotel for all it's the azkaban right of yeah this world um if you don't know harry potter sorry good luck <laughs> right um so they as they get there all of these characters find their way there somehow most of them most mm-hmm. of the heroes find their way there um and luther gets there and and they realize all the the villains are loose and they're like oh no where does it go to it's going back to earth it's going back to our city um then they experience this weird cthulhu like monster of space Right. For like a split second. Like this is another seed I feel like that might be coming back later in a, maybe like a volume four. Sure. But it's just, it looks like Cthulhu, but you can't tell because it's all space-like. Mm-hmm. But it does have like an like a weird tentacles and like an eye at the end of the tentacle that goes all the way down and touches the forehead of Luther. And there was like this shot, like screenshots of like right. little shots of like him as a baby. And then you're like, what is this? And then it disappears. It just flies off into space. And he was like, what the hell is that? And um, the friend that they were with, the friend of um, their father's, was like, uh, or somebody mentioned that they didn't think the hotel was actually a prison mm-hmm. for criminals. It was actually a cosmic trap. And and that's all they said. They was like, it's not a prison, it's a cosmic trap. And I was like, what does that mean? Were you?" Tr-? And then they said, the bait is gone now. So essentially, the prisoners were bait for some type of cosmic trap. Um, so I think that was just one of my big questions. Like, sure. what is that giant creature? Probably will come back later. But like, what's the purpose? Was science scientific man who was standing outside of the hotel seemed like he was the guardian of that place and was super super strong and could take down anything. Was he maybe the purpose to defeat that like Cthulhu like monster? Hmm. Because yeah, he maybe. was the only one that was not locked in the prison. He was the only one outside. And sure. he, scientific man has a very like strong code of ethics of saying like, I'm going to purify this world. Humans are like the disgrace of blah, blah, blah. And, like, right. I want to destroy anything that is not like pure. Yeah. You, yeah. You kind of get the impression first that he's, he's on the, the good side but then he starts that crazy talk and you're like this dude is off his rocker yeah. like he wants to end like he's fucking too everything. pure <laughs> yeah like, yeah he's like he's uh like if someone purified a brita pitcher um <laughs> and sure. like the brita pitcher like committed suicide by jumping like, off the counter the brita pitcher is so pure that it melts the brita itself i don't right. know yes that's probably not how pure it is itself. <laughs> that's acidity but whatever. right um, um also, uh, is there, uh, is there like another Umbrella Academy? Like, because yeah, there's, there's so. uh, I, I mean, I totally forgot, like this, this was the cliffhanger. Yeah. Like there's, there's another, uh, there's other so, versions of themselves yeah. or something. The other plot points that, uh, that brings up some of my other questions too. Like, who the fuck are these guys? Who are they? Because, um. So, are they the, some of the rest of the 40? I assume that they might be some of the rest of the 40, um, mainly because um, Vanya was taken to them after uh-huh. she spoke to this 
man who was apparently friends with the Umbrella Academy's mom, who's actually a robot. Right. Um, and I don't know. She's like, he's, he, she, she's, Vanya said like he grilled her for about 20 minutes about who she was. Mm-hmm. And then the mom took her to Paris and was like, I'm here to help you walk. Like the mom really wants to rehabilitate Vanya because she, she relates to Vanya in the fact that she is only looked as an object and has been rejected because the father never loved her. The father just made her to try to be a mom because he is an alien, doesn't understand human emotions. Mm -hmm. So, um, so she tried to make her walk and she's like, I can't, but then this other girl suddenly comes up and she's like, I don't believe you. And she starts walking. And so I think, the this and she has this little symbol on her uniform that is like a bird yeah it's, it's just a, a small little bird on a branch right and she's like follow me i i'm taking you somewhere important i'm taking you home yeah and you're like home what does that mean and right and yeah. vanya is a very russian name so like okay maybe she literally means home like to russia you know to right. to europe yeah and, and here they are trekking through trekking through snow. europe yeah yeah and so i was like okay maybe she is going home but then they it reveals that hey there's a whole entire team of other people that kind of a superhero team that is the umbrella academy that seems to be almost like a weird foil because when they appear the umbrella academy is losing the battle to save the city because there are too many villains mm-hmm. fighting and they're all fighting each other and they've been beaten up but this other team appears suddenly and appears to have almost the same abilities almost i sure. say um except as, with like matching uniforms except they have matching uniforms and they appear to be put together real well right like this family like they're a functional, like they're family, a functional family and so like that's why i think they might be a foil because um the girl who who told vanya i don't believe you that you can't walk feels very similar in power to maybe the rumor mm-hmm, because it's for through, sure. through voice and through speaking. I picked up uh, on that as well. And yeah. then um, the number one of this new team, this bird team, they didn't give them a name. I'm just going to call them the bird team. I'll accept that. The bird academy, <laughs> let's say. Um, uh, Swallow academy. I don't the know what birds days. are. The, the hunger game academy. Um, so the number one is a very like thin but also very strong and chiseled like right, kind of looks hero. like Mr. Incredible almost. Yeah, and he kind of has the same like f- power of like flight and strength as the leader of mm-hmm. the Umbrella Academy. Right. Um, and then you have this like other member that looks very pale and kind of gothic like Seance and that spits like like weird rays of darkness or something from its face. And then there's another one that apparently turns to crows. Um, and then there's one that is just literally a blubbering mass of flesh that is like a human voodoo doll. Right. Like he stabbed himself and all the other people hurt themselves yeah. when he, where he stabbed himself. So it was really interesting. Like, who are these people? Why are they here? What are they trying to do? Um, I can only assume that it'll be elaborated on in, yeah, I mean, in, that's, in the next volume. That's the point, I guess. And also, like... Um, one more person I was wondering who um, it was was a random character that got introduced that looks very much like Hargreaves, their father, mm-hmm. but is Southern and like also want he he contacted like the government and was just like we need to get this thing together right yeah and he's just this like Southern gentleman that apparently has a laser pistol on his wall and like giant rides a giant like. Rooster. Chick, a rooster, yeah, 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 which uh, is also very like um, 
I don't know if they're trying to like throw a link to Final Fantasy, like the uh, video game. Yeah, yeah I don't but know. there's like a uh, in Final Fantasy the video game. There's a thing called a chocobo, which is like a giant chicken bird okay. that you just like sit and you ride around uh, and it takes you places. So I was just like, is this like a throwback to some game reference that I don't know? I but just maybe? assumed that it. We were supposed to assume that it fit in this fantastical world. You could, I guess, look at it as this dude has a big cock. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it works both ways. Like both yes. literally and like metaphorically. Right. Um, like we we don't we have very limited information, so all we can do is speculate. And I'm choosing to believe that we're supposed to think that this dude has a big cock. Yeah. I mean, uh, so he seems to be very boastful, anyways. Yeah. Right. But those were just like some questions that I had. It was just like, what were they trying to keep in? There's been this prophecy of, like, they're here to save the world. Sure. And, like, their city has been literally destroyed almost three times now. Like, Vanya Vanya almost destroyed in the first one. The second one, it was blown up, but then fixed through the time loop. And then now the third one, Terminal, almost eats the whole city. So I thought it was very, um, I don't know, poetic or, like, appropriate that in each book, (laughs) it's kind of, like metropolis it's always getting destroyed yeah (laughs) every single time but it's this weird kind of prophecy of like oh they're here to save the world but like is this the time is this the time because luther has always been the one to like be so paranoid about that he's like i need to i need to protect the world at some point it's gonna come right i need to be prepared Mm -hmm. um so i thought that might be interesting like an interesting literary device that they keep like looping in um, into the stories of these volumes. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, that was th- those were the main questions that I had right after, right after reading volume three. Um, we can go to comparing the things now if you want to. Sure. Do that. Yeah, I mean we've we've uh, we've gone on uh, about the the graphic novels for uh, about an hour and thirty five minutes or so now. Wow, I've talked um, a lot. <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> both of us equally.